Welcome to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown, the podcast where pastor and author Matt Brown debriefs your questions about Christianity and current issues shaping our culture. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Awesome. Hello, Pastor hey. Matt. How are you doing? Good. Was that loud in your ears? Uh, it was okay. Oh, mine was a little loud. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm a lot older and so your I'm ears more sensitive. Are, yeah, become yeah. <laughs> a little bit more sensitive. Yeah. So, oh, we've been going um, through this series on the commandments. It's been so good. Mm-hmm. Since we last talked, we've done the sixth commandment, which was do not kill. Yeah, yeah. And the seventh, which was do not commit adultery. So kind of how, what have you been hearing? I've been loving the feedback that I've been hearing, especially from both topics. Um, our campus pastor preached that on um, Sunday and there was a lot of people at the altar and a lot of people just receiving the yeah. word Amen. Uh, of the Lord. So that was really good. But how have you been feeling? What have you, yeah, so I, have it's you been, been feeling, I've been feeling great. Um, you know, the, the sermon on murder, I, I didn't love the way I landed it for everybody mm-hmm. who watched me on video. Um, and if anybody's listening, I, I want to do a uh, um, one day conference on communication and preaching. And this is one of the things that I'm going to teach. And it's actually a mistake I made in that message. Whenever you, whenever you preach a sermon that makes people feel guilty or shameful or bad, mm-hmm. you have to end with the gospel. Yeah. And I didn't do a great job on the uh, the video version of doing that. I think I, I covered it very well at the Hunter Park live version. And, and so here's what I wish I would have said for everybody who listened to that sermon. No matter what blood you've shed, either with your hmm. uh, your body, with your words, with your thoughts or your actions, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross is greater, Amen. and we can come to him with that. So if you've had an abortion, if you have destroyed someone with gossip, if you've hurt someone you love deeply with your words, okay, feel bad about that, confess it, and bring it to the cross because the blood of Christ can cover the blood you've shed with your words or actions mm-hmm. or deeds. And um, th- that's the one big thing. I, I walked away and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't get that right. And, you know, I think church people are gracious and, you know, people are always like, oh, I think it was okay. But you never know when you get one opportunity to share. Yeah. And so I, I just wish that I would have ended on the gospel uh, just of, about the blood that Christ shed because, because ultimately we all murder people with our thoughts. We all murder people with our words. And some of us, unfortunately, have murdered people with our actions. And so it's just important to understand there's a reason Christ had to die. There's a reason he was murdered. Mm-hmm. Like, think about that. I mean, the sixth commandment was committed against Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so by his own people, it's just, it's brutal by, by his, well, I shouldn't say his own people, by the religious leaders of his own people. Mm-hmm. So they are doubly condemned because they knew, right. you know, they knew about that. I mean, that's one of the conversations I want to have with the apostle Paul in heaven. When Stephen is murdered in the book of Acts, I just want to understand how in that moment he thought it was okay. And I know he's going to say blasphemy, mm-hmm. but I want to know because it, he doesn't have the right to murder Stephen in, in an argument about who God is. Now he may have disagreed, but to murder, yeah. But he he yeah. he approved the murder of what he knew as a great man, mm-hmm. and so that's why I think he says in Timothy, uh, "This is a trustworthy saying that I am the worst of all sinners." Mm-hmm. So I think that you know, murder is something that we feel like most of us would never do. Uh, some of us have experienced, but the reality is, we, we kill people with our words. Uh, we slaughter people's reputation, especially in, in this culture. You know, we all have an opinion about everyone all the time, about everything. And we hurt people mm-hmm. with our words and our thoughts and our opinions, right? And so I think that we need to really realize that we have to value human life because, and that's why I said all life matters. Um, 
you know, I don't know if you heard me say, but I don't know why the church didn't come up with the phrase Black Lives Matter because that should have been something that we should have been saying for 50 years. But unfortunately, you know, it's a political statement, but it, but it's actually a true statement. And so we need to affirm that and say, absolutely, um, without feeling like we have to say all life matters. And so that's why I chose the language, all life is precious to God, rather than saying all life matters to God. Because unfortunately, that terminology has been hijacked politically. Um, And so I want to affirm that you as a black person are precious to God. And that's a beautiful thing. And, um, you know, I think that we need to understand that and really value ethnicity across the board. And and then I would say this in our culture, and that includes white people, like white people are precious and we need to affirm that and value that, especially in young, young kids today in California that are, are, um, like I've had kids tell me, I wish I had color. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you do. It's just pink. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little pale. <laughs> you're, you're, it's a little pale. Um, but, uh, you know, cause, cause I am not white. I mean, look, I mean, this is, that's not me. I'm not really black. No, I mean, no, no. Compared to this microphone. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You're, you're beautiful brown. A caramel, I like yeah. to call my. <laughs> did I ever tell you my brown pride story? No. So I, I did not know what brown pride meant. Oh, no. And so I went to the, uh, the, uh, the swap meet in Orange County. Have you guys heard this story? And so they they sold sweatshirts that said Brown Pride on them. So I bought one for me, my dad, and my brother, and we just wore them around. Okay. So three white guys walking in a Hispanic market with sweatshirts that say Brown, Brown Pride. Pride. And, uh, you know, some dude's like, what's up, bro? What's up, I say? And I'm like, yeah. what I'm like what's going on? And he's like, like, why are you wearing that? And I was like, my, my last name is Brown. <laughs> you know, like my name, my name <laughs> is, is a Brown. color. Right. So, so yeah, that was a, that was That's unfortunate. awesome. They could have got, what is it when they're, you're Hispanic, but you look white? It's called Weta, isn't it? Isn't that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. You could have said that. Yeah. No, I, I have you're no accent. I, <laughs> despite six years of Spanish in high school, I can't speak right. it. So I love that. Yeah. So that you was know, my I, awakening. In our community group though, after the sermon, we all, I think, and hopefully a lot of people's conversation turns toward, towards this. It was um, how valuable life is, how yeah. precious life is, and how easily we can murder people with our words. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, our discussion didn't turn political, even though oh, people in you. our group are all of all different colors. But it it was more focused on how precious life is. Mm-hmm. And and I've told you this before. You know, my husband watched that George Floyd murder, horrified yeah. as everyone else did, when Black Lives Matter was at the height of its political whatever. And he said, but would we have done the same thing if that was a white man on the ground? And he said, that's where I think my heart breaks. And I, and I think you're right, especially kids in California. um, Most that are dealing with identity issues, it's upper middle-class white children who feel like they don't have a thing. They don't have a, Mm -hmm. they're not black or they're not whatever, or they're not this. And so now they're like, well, then I'm going to be a they, or I'm going to be a whatever. Yeah. And that's why kids are running, especially white Right. Uh, Middle class, upper class kids are running to the LGBTQ because that's the only thing left for them to make them special. Right. Right. And it's just so, so sad. And, uh, you know, when I was uh, um, when I was growing up, you know, I I was very liberal uh, all the way until um, Bill Clinton converted me (laughs) from (laughs) liberalism. And, um, you know, I always thought I, I believe the narrative that just because you 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 publicly condone something, you won't you won't encourage or increase it. Mm-hmm. And all the data shows the opposite. Mm-hmm. So since we have affirmed uh, gay marriage and affirmed transgender, the numbers right. in teenage girls, the number is up 1,500% of those who identify as trans. Mm-hmm. So 
we, I mean, it's, it's literally a, um, what do you call that when, um, a, a group kind of goes crazy? It's a hysteria. It's called, um, oh man, mass what is hysteria. it? Huh? Mass hysteria. It, that, that's a real thing where people identify with something, um, that they wouldn't normally believe because there are social pressures. And that's not to say that there aren't genuine real people who struggle right. with body dysmorphia. Right. And these are huge issues that we need to have compassion for and concern for. But when you identify that as special and unique and right. something to be celebrated, celebrated, yeah. Well, guess what happens when I'm a teenage girl? I don't like my breasts. I feel frumpy. Mm-hmm. I have pimples. Mm-hmm. I don't like my. And by the way, almost every teenage girl struggles with body dysmorphia mm-hmm. on some level when they hit puberty. That's all right. It is. It is a dramatic thing, you know. I mean, boys have it to a degree, right? Your voice it goes weird, <laughs> um, but. But what happens is, you know, boys' bodies change and become stronger. Oftentimes, girls who were just a year ago as equal to a boy or faster. Yeah, I could run faster than every single boy in elementary school. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this, but it, it's a dirty little secret that ten-year-old uh, girls' basketball teams regularly wow. just destroy <laughs> awesome. boys' basketball teams because they're just more women. Um, mature faster. Right. And then all of a sudden you, you get that same group at 14 yeah. and it's a different story right. and that's hard on girls and they don't feel right and they feel weird about their body. And you know, I, I mean, all of the things that go with puberty. And so th- there's, there's something wrong with me. And I heard a clinician say, every woman on earth hates something about their body. And so what, what clinicians are now trained to say is, well, that could be because you're trans. Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. Right. It could be just that you don't like what you see mm-hmm. and your body is changing and we all go through an ugly phase. Like, I mean, it just, it happens, man. I mean, you guys put that picture up of me, like, and I think it was my sophomore year. I have lips, like <laughs> my lips with the braces. It, it, it looks like somebody punched me in the mouth. No, that's how I went every day. And I have pimples right. and my hair is bad. And my, probably my breath was bad. <laughs> and that's just, that's just, that was right. me like for a year. And it was tough. It was a tough run. <laughs> And so, um, you know, people always say, oh, you're a late bloomer, which is really an insult. What that means is you were really ugly for a period of time. <laughs> My daughters say I had a huge, they're like, mom, you, you had a huge glow up. What yeah. happened? <laughs> I'm like, shut up. You yeah, know, I know. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm still in counseling. Um, <laughs> right? And so, and so we, you know, th- that's what's happening is, is we just need to say, and parents don't tell your kids they're perfect. They know they're not. Right. It's okay to, to suck at something. Mm-hmm. We lie to them. Oh, you get a participation trophy. No, your team sucks. It's okay. It's okay to discover that you're not equally as good at everything as everyone. And so that's okay. Yeah. You know, and, and we need to affirm that and value that. So yeah, life is precious. Life's I have no precious. idea how we got on that. Cause I was, I don't know what I was talking about. Oh, girls, not yeah. kids in California without color. Life is precious. All yeah. lives matter to the Lord. And we can say black lives matter without affirming anything yeah. that that organization yeah stands for because they actually stand for nothing but yeah <laughs> we can say that phrase even though it's been hijacked i love that you said the church should have came up with that yeah. i thought that was awesome i think you're right i think we always miss the opportunity to affirm what god affirms and uh, and you know why that is we're so busy criticizing and attacking each right. other we don't know how to rally around yeah. what we're for that's right and you know, I don't just don't know what it is about Christians, but we just celebrate where people are wrong rather than celebrating where they yeah. got it right. Yeah, and so, absolutely. Um, you know, somebody asked me, are you, know, you going to see the Jesus Revolution movie? And I said, of course. And they said, well, why is that? I said, because I want to affirm right. any Christian thing I can. And, and I think that's important. 
Um, and I was, you know, directly impacted by the Jesus revolution right. because I was sitting under Greg glory when he preached a gospel message and I responded. Yeah. And so I'm a, I'm a part of that. And, and, and God moved in that in my life, but so many people, they want to nitpick. Yeah. And, you know, I remember going to harvest crusades and people have signs, you know, Greg glory's leading you to hell. It's like, <laughs> thank you very much. You had nothing else to do on a Friday night. <laughs> so of all, make your you little know, side. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Greg glory is a false prophet. It's like, look, he's preaching that gospel. Right. Maybe not the way that you understand yeah. it, but. You know, Jesus said, those who are not against us are for us. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows that verse. Everybody knows the other one. You know, he who is not with, uh, uh, he who is not with me is against me. He also said the exact opposite <laughs> thing a few verses later. And so we need to remember that. And I, I'm just glad people are talking about Jesus. Yeah. It was an awesome movie. We took a bunch of students to see it and it was cool. I mean, when you're in Southern California, you're like, yeah, this is awesome, yeah, you yeah. know, to hear Greg Laurie's story. And and even um, about Lonnie Frisbee and, yeah. and the Vineyard Movement and that whole thing, I thought it was. I know because Lonnie, Lonnie's been forgotten, and he did yeah. not. Uh, he did not end well. Right. Um, he died of AIDS. Did they cover mm -hmm. that in the movie? No, they didn't cover that in the movie. But <clears throat> there's been all this commentary afterward, yeah. of course, about kind of exposing Lonnie's <clears throat> story and that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's not to shame him at all. He had, you know, he was a wonderful man, loved Jesus with mm -hmm. all his heart. But he had a shadow side, mm -hmm. and that shadow side was he was uh, like a lot of men in the seventies and eighties had a had a family life, and then had a had, private had life. Something else, and mm -hmm. um, he had that private life. Right. You know, that's why I, the next message is "Thou shalt not lie." Is that this week? Nobody knows the commandments, <laughs> and, and 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 the rule there is uh, the truth matters. Yeah, and we, and we need to be honest that's with good. people about things, and you know, just like the monkeypox scare, it's just like, hey, let's just. For clarity's sake, let's let the gay, the male gay community know this is something you need to be worried about. Right. Because one of my kids was like, are we going to get monkeypox? I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, no. Are you, you know, are you engaging in these risky behaviors? But you can't even say that in our culture because yeah. it's like, oh, you know, yeah. that's homophobic. No, that's accurate. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to speak the truth. Tell the truth. Especially when it comes to medical safety. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, my gosh. And that's the problem with everything being politicized one way or the other. So all lives matter. All life is precious. And, and your life matters. Like, Absolutely. So you may not ever murder someone, but you're murdering your potential every day mm -hmm. because you're lazy. You're not working hard. You're not developing your gifts. God did not make you to live. I mean, what well, you know what television is? All entertainment is watching other people live. Social media too. Yeah. And that's not what God created you for. That's he created right. you to live. So what are you going to do with your life? I know. And, um, and I always joke. <laughs> I always watch this lady clean her house on social media. And I'm like, I should probably be doing this myself, but I really like watching yeah. her do it. <laughs> okay. Well, why? I'm curious. I don't know. Well, she's a really pretty house and she's like such a great homemaker and she's just, mm. everything is so clean and. Someone actually put in the comments, can you actually clean a dirty space instead of cleaning the spaces yeah. that are already clean? <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. I totally took another turn on no, that. And but. so then, and so then thou shalt not commit adultery, which was this last week. Yeah. And we'll probably get questions on that on the next episode. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I actually want to do a series on love maybe in the fall, but the rule that I, I didn't preach this weekend. And so, um, I don't think they had a rule. So they, they missed that. The, the rule is not the command. The rule is kind of the meaning behind the command. And, mm -hmm. and so here's what the rule is for me. Um, is that true love can have real boundaries. And I think that's I think that's a rule that we need for new life is that we live in this world that says I can do whatever I want and and sex sex has no boundaries, mm -hmm. love has no boundaries. Well, then all you experience is consequence. Mm -hmm. And there's misery in that. And you know, we, we we I think everybody understands that we can't just freely follow our passions. That that ultimately leads nowhere good. You know, it's like um, that mayor, I forget where he was, the, the Democratic mayor that just got arrested for child porn, Maryland. Okay. And again, 
what happens when you say there are no boundaries? Right. There are no boundaries. The next thing you know, you're look you're looking at naked kids. Like what yeah. like what on earth is wrong with you? And so here's the thing is we think we can control perversion, but it you can't. It twists you and destroys you. And you know, the reason one of the primary reasons I've been married for 26 years and I've never cheated on Tammy is because I know that when I open that door, it's Pandora's box mm-hmm. and all hell will break loose. And if I can cheat once, I can cheat twice. You know, if I can lie to my wife, I can lie to anyone. And again, you know, this is why, you know, why did I leave the Democratic Party? Because, you know, Bill Clinton lied. And yeah. if you can lie bold face to your spouse, mm-hmm. that matters. And it's the same reason I have a problem with Donald Trump. And you need to understand, he is a serial liar mm-hmm. in the relationships that matter most. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I understand, you know, it, it's a binary choice and, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's a tough situation, but... We want leaders who who are at least honest in the realm of right. marriage where right. it matters. Right. And I think one of the things we want in politicians is people who can control their desires. And if you can't, man, I, I'm not sure I want you, I, I'm not sure I want you to be in power. Yeah. You can't lead yourself. <clears throat> You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> how are you leading anybody else? Yeah. yeah. So we, we haven't got to this, but in the law, <clears throat> it, God specifically says that a king cannot be a man of many wives. Mm-hmm. Do you know that every king broke that law? Every Israeli king, wow. excuse me, every Jewish king broke that law. Mm-hmm. And the wisest one broke it the most, Solomon. Right. So, um, you know, he didn't just have many. He had like a thousand. Yeah. You know, he, he oh. had wives. He didn't even know their names. <laughs> <clears throat> they just so. lived in the palace. All right. So good. Okay. Well, that was a great recap. Hope you guys have been watching these messages because they have been so good. Old rules for a new life. Mm-hmm. It still matters. This, God's word matters. It's relevant yeah. today and it's really important. Okay. Let's get to these questions. Yes. So we have Joe from Clovis. Hey, Joe. I uh, love Clovis. My grandpa grew My grandpa grew up. My grandpa lived in Clovis when I grew up. Awesome. He says, I have been wading through the sheer volume which that is a really great uh, description, the sheer volume of Christian content online. And most of what I encounter is full of vitriol and hate. The sixth commandment, which you taught beautifully, see, you taught it beautifully, does not seem to be at the forefront of us as Christians, let alone the culture. How can we as Christ followers be the salt and light we are called to be and turn away from murdering our fellow image bearers? Mm. And I'm assuming he means through what we're saying. What methods have you used to reduce the venom of your words and speak to others with love and truth? Thank you, Pastor Matt, for your courage in an age where men are struggling to find their voice. Thank you, Donna, for your commitment to exposing POV's thoughts and help us understand the context more clearly. You both rock. You rock to Mike. Thank you for your question. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for the love for Donna. She's amazing. Oh, so, thanks. so Joe, here's the thing is, you are listening to 51-year-old Matt, hmm. who has failed many times to communicate the truth in love. And I think one of my greatest failures was years ago when the issue of gay marriage was on the ballot. Um, and I still... I, I still believe that, that that marriage is to be between one man and one woman. And I believe that we were lied to. It was not about love. Right. It has affected the courts. It has affected our lives. Mm-hmm. And we were all lied to. So whether you're gay or straight, you need to know it just being about love was a lie. Mm-hmm. And even now as a church, we have to be very careful in the things that we do. Yeah. Like my, my school, uh, Cal Baptist, no longer does weddings. Hmm. Do you know why that is? Because legally, as a Baptist school, they cannot not allow gay marriage to take place on their campus. So it wasn't about love. 
Right. So once something becomes legal, then there becomes consequences mm-hmm. for those who break it. And then all of a sudden you got a guy making cakes in Colorado who goes to jail. Right. And so we just, we need to, we need to stop this horse crap of just saying it's just about love. No, no laws permeate and affect into every area Absolutely. of our life. And so whether you're left or right, you need to think about that. I want to live in the freest society possible that allows us to follow our convictions and to worship the God that we choose to mm-hmm. worship. And I think that's really, really important. So, uh, you know, but we lost. Gay right. marriage is legal. That's the law of the land. Um, it's created great challenges for us as a business, as a church, but it should not create challenges for us as Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the way I communicated that, um, I, I made a joke. I didn't, listen, I didn't know I was being recorded. One of our staff members recorded me without my permission oh my and put it online without my permission. Oh my goodness. So, um, now he's responsible for that. I'm responsible for what I said. Mm -hmm. And what I said was, I said, I would not attend a gay wedding. And, uh, and and here's why. Um, and I differentiate is a judge performing it or is a, is, is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ performing it? Cause if it's a judge and it's your family member, I think that's fine. But what I can't do is sit in an audience and affirm that a person representing Jesus is saying there are nine specific passages in the scriptures that deal with homosexuality. None of them are affirming. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're gay, it doesn't mean you being gay. It means you having sex as a gay person Mm -hmm. with the person of the same sex. It's it's crystal clear. Mm -hmm. And so I said I wouldn't go. And I I said, because I would have a problem with... um, the person performing. And I said, can you imagine me getting in a fight with some, I was making a joke, right? you know, and me going, here's what I said. I think me going old Testament on some, sure. well, that means a lot of things because yeah. the old Testament's pretty harsh. I mean, yeah, the ground and opened so, up and swallowed people. You know, and so the next day, you know, I'm on the cover of glad magazine. Pastor says he will oh, punch no. any clergy that, that, you know, says, you know, this or that. And I remember calling two of my good friends um, who are gay, uh, Ed and Tom. And I was like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And I remember my friend Ed said, my friend Ed said, well, before we talk about what you do, he says, you need to know that this really hurt me mm. because gay people have been hurt by homophobes who have beat them up. You know, right. um, you know, like when I was a kid, we played a game called smear the queer. I, I never knew that was about harming a homosexual person. Mm. I didn't know that. Um, you know, I thought it just meant tackling, you know, I didn't know. I, mm-hmm. I grew up in you know, I mean, like a bubble. I had mm-hmm. no idea. And so, you know, he he was a gay man in the 60s and 70s, and he had been smeared and hurt mm. and beaten and was afraid. And I just had to say, man, I'm so sorry mm-hmm. because I didn't know. And so while I'm deeply sorry for what I said, I'm glad that I said it because it made me realize I have to be really careful with how I say things because no longer am I saying things just to a group of people who are like, well, okay, Matt sounded like a jerk, but I know him, so I'm going to give him mm-hmm. grace on this. People that don't know me don't know that. And and it even with that, I shouldn't have said it. Mm-hmm. You, you should never joke about harming a person because they're gay or trans or because they're a specific ethnicity or, you know, they're a different religion. Um you know, and, and we see this, like what happened, um, I think it's Stanford University when they were chanting F the Mormons. Mm. Right. That's bigotry. Right. You know, that, that's 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 religious bigotry. Mm-hmm. And you got all these woke Stanford <laughs> right. people that don't even realize, dude, you're violating the very thing. Right. You know, your little goofy tree mascot stands for. Uh, it's the worst mascot. It's a tree. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come on. Um, so, huh? 
Oh, was oh, it Oregon? Was okay, sorry. Okay. Sorry, Stanford. I Stanford, we love you and your mascot. Yeah. We, yeah. Well, maybe Pastor Matt Yeah, I should have like known mascot, it was Oregon. <laughs> Wait, is it still a tree? No, oh, Oregon's okay. a duck. <laughs> yeah, it's a big duck. Okay. Yeah. So the, the O stands for offensive. Yeah. But, and that's the thing is, you know, is, is, is here's the thing. Let me summarize American history. We are terrible at treating minorities, whether they're black, Irish, Hispanic, right. you name it. And now conservatives, whether Mormon or Christian are the minorities and we suck at how we mm -hmm. treat them. That's what people don't understand. It's, it's, it's the tone of our culture. We just don't treat people well. Mm -hmm. And so um, unfortunately, you know, liberals have turned out not to be any better because the universities are just, they've destroyed thought. Mm -hmm. Um, they have destroyed thinking. It, it's just, it's horrendous safe spaces. Oh my gosh. You know, the yeah. purpose of college is to challenge the way that you think. Right. And it's, it's a real problem. And now they don't think at all. So, um, so, so let me just say this, Joe, I have failed at this mm -hmm. massively and I have learned and, it's why I love recording on Thursdays because if I say something totally stupid, we can, we can edit it yeah. or reshoot it and you get a second chance at that. And that's so important for what goes out for our church. So, so I have failed at this many times. Um, and I think there's, there's just something, you know, the core sin of us all is not racism. It's not homophobia. It's not sexism. It's self-righteousness. Mm. That is the worst sin of all. And every group is self-righteous. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you, you see that with white supremacy. You saw that within the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. You see it within, you know, um, what was her name? Ruth, uh, Ruth Bader. Bader Ginsburg. Mm -hmm. How many women should be on the Supreme Court? Nine. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, come on. Right. Like, so, so men have nothing right. of value. And I get they've had a good run. Yay, white dudes. But- but, but that, that's not how we fix it. Mm -hmm. We don't fix, you know, an all white male uh, uh, Supreme Court with an all female Supreme Court. Right. That's not how you fix it. What you say is we need all voices. Mm -hmm. we, need, we need all of the ethnicities on our culture, in our culture represented on this court so that we can understand the nuances of what individual groups face so that we can, um, you know, make sure that, that, that the law is actually given in a, in a form of justice. And so, so I've blown this, I've messed this up. And so here's what I've done is Joe, I've realized this and I've allowed the Holy spirit uh, to convict me and, and to change me. Mm -hmm. And I've just said, okay, I got, I could get it better at this, but uh, I just think so many Christians are self-righteous and that's why, you know, they pummel me, they throw darts at me. And, and sometimes I do say things incorrectly. It just comes out wrong. And so people, ah, see, see, and that's, <laughs> you know, it, I just, I just, I mean, the amount of pressure to stand in front of thousands and thousands of people and say anything mm -hmm. at any point, you know, you could, something could come out wrong or yeah. your thought process could be off in that moment. And I think the self-righteousness piece is right. You know, online specifically what he was sharing, he's, he's going through Christian content online. Mm -hmm. I just hear like a lot of echoes, you yeah. know, everybody's saying what the other person said, but they're mm -hmm. saying it in a different way and it's clickbait and it's, it's just ways to get people. I mean, I've heard mm -hmm. even since asbury and yeah. jesus revolution people just saying this uh, the stupidest i'm right. like what it's not even your business you yeah. know like just <clears throat> the stupidest things and i think what you said is leaning into the holy spirit and allowing him to correct us yeah and that's i mean jesus said this why do you notice the speck in your brother's eye yeah. when you fail to see the log in your mm -hmm. own and the log in all of our eyes is self-righteousness mm -hmm. and so okay how do i 
How do I see where maybe I'm off? And then also this, how do I understand? So one of the things I do on TikTok, Tammy laughs at me all the time. My whole TikTok algorithm is I just listen to people who disagree with me. If I agree with you, I just, I don't, I don't, well, I don't care. Mm -hmm. So I want to listen to what the other side is saying because it, it helps me to think better and it challenges my assumptions about the text and the way that I come to it. And so many people are afraid to have their ideas challenged. Yeah. And it's like, man, I mean, nothing you or anyone's going to say is going to cause me not to believe in God. So I'm going to be open mm -hmm. to whatever your challenges are. And I want to wrestle with, you know, the, the difficulties that, you know, people have. Tammy and I watched a comedian and I tried to get through it. His name is Mark Macron or something. He's a Jewish atheist guy, on HBO special. It was so bad. I had to turn it off, but mm. you know, he just said, he just said, you know, Christians are so dumb because they, they believe in a flying Jew that's going to change everything. Well, he's talking about the return of Jesus. Mm. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, but he was so dark and his, his, his comedy special is from bleak to dark. And let me tell you, that's what, that's what it's called. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> and he's just, he's a jaded dude. Mm. I mean, he is just, I mean, you want to talk about life without God? Yeah. <sighs> there you go. Rough. <laughs> I mean, when you're comedy special. Yeah. Bleak, too dark. <laughs> right. I'm like, bro, you <laughs> need Jesus yeah. just for a smile. <laughs> right. And oh. it was, it was, it was really, really rough. And, mm. and, and don't, don't go watch it if you're not offended. He goes off on abortion and it's just, he's for it. And it's, he's just gross, just mm. gross, gross, gross. And I was hoping that he would have something to challenge me. And it was just, I was yeah. like, man, I just turned it off. Yeah, absolutely. So, so here's the thing, you know, Child. Joe, I just try to, I try to learn from everybody. I try to hear, you know, there's a reason I think Jesus said, love your enemy. Cause sometimes your enemy is the only person that's honest with you. Yeah. And that's a good word. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I just try to listen and say, okay, is there some truth in that? How can I grow from that? And here's what I've seen, Joe, especially at Sandals Church. I mean, I've been here 26, 25 years. And we've had some really talented pastors come through and the guys that just didn't go anywhere, couldn't learn, couldn't mm. listen, couldn't change. And I'm telling you, super talented, super gifted, but they always had to be right. Mm. And you know what? You know, they're pastoring first Baptist of nowhere. And it's sad. It's sad because they would not listen. Mm. And, and if anybody asks me, what's the secret sauce of Matt Brown? It's that, I realized pretty quickly when I was wrong and I changed. I've, I'm, here's my philosophy. If I put my hand in the fire and it's hot, I go, ow, let's not do that again. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many amazing leaders that are like, ow, that hurts. Why does that happen? Ow, that hurts. Why does that happen? Mm -hmm. Ow, that hurts. Why does that happen? This must be everybody else's fault. God's doing this. It's like, no, you're, <laughs> you're putting your hand in the fire. And what I've done is when I make a mistake and I've made, Joe, I've made some doozies. I go, I'm not doing that again. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that again. And, and you'd be amazed. It's it's why the, you know, Proverbs talks so much about the fool. The fool is the person who continuously makes the same mistake. Just go through the book of Proverbs and circle every time that you see the world, the, the word fool. In the modern translations, it'll be idiot. Mm -hmm. But just, just translate idiot and fool, idiot and fool, idiot and fool. And it's because it's easy to be foolish. It's mm -hmm. hard to be wise. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Joe, I, I'm not the smartest tool or the sharpest tool in the shed, the smartest tool in the shed, the George <laughs> Bush moment. This ain't rocket surgery. Um, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I'm not the dullest. And I've gone, okay, I'm going to change. Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen. Uh, you know, when my wife doesn't like something I'm doing, I, tr I try to listen. I don't always agree with her, but I try to listen yeah. and change. So, so that's so why good. Joe and, and, and man, just, just, just know those people are not going to change. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Well, that was depressing. No, it was Wah, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. All of us listen, 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 be willing to listen and lean into wisdom. Yeah. Um, 
So good. Okay, Jimmy from Mentone says, you mentioned you are allowed to kill if you're defending yourself. I want to know why you believe that, because I disagree. Mm. I could be wrong, but I wouldn't take someone else's life in order to protect my family or a family member's life. I trust God's plan of protection. Also, Mm. Jesus specifically told Simon Peter, put your sword back in its place. Jesus said to him, he's quoting, for Mm. all who draw the sword will die by the sword, Matthew 26, 52. Right. Thank you, Jimmy, from Mentone, one of my favorite bands of all time, the Mentone Tones. Is that really a band? It's a band. Okay. They went nowhere. I mean, they left Mentone, but that was it. The Mentone Tones. It was ska. It was in the ska heyday. Really? In like the late 90s. Yeah. I don't remember where I heard him play, but I was like, that's the greatest name of all time. The Mentone Tones. And I remember going, where's Mentone? And now we have a campus. (laughs) Yeah, right. So Jimmy. Jimmy. Okay, here's my question. And so this is why why we got to be really, really careful, Jimmy, not to just quote a verse. So you're, you're accurate in what you said. Put your sword back in its place. So Jimmy, let me ask you, why did Peter have a sword? Because Jesus told him to get one. So Jesus, and, and many people miss this, Jesus, before, before he goes to the cross, he asks the father if there's any other way. Mm-hmm. So what, what might be another way? Yeah, let's beat these fools. Yep. <laughs> War. <laughs> yeah. Because Jesus has an army mm-hmm. and we can't win mm-hmm. against that army. And so he's asking, Father, right? I, 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 you know, uh, Mister T moment. I pity the fool, right? <laughs> he he he's he's saying, right? And so Can he tells him to get swords, way. yeah. And then, you know, the Lord says no. The angels strengthen him, but he doesn't tell the disciples. And then Peter whacks off a dude's ear, <laughs> and Peter's like, "Well, you you told us to buy a sword." And Jesus is like, "Yeah, well, I prayed, and you were asleep, and so I didn't tell you." <laughs> right, you know, right. We're not going that direction. <laughs> so so here's the truth in that. So what Jesus is saying is a proverb. And so what it means is, look, people who live violent lives die violent deaths. Um, and so, you know, we, we need to we need to realize that we cannot be a people of violence. So what makes me so sad about John Morant and what's happening with the NBA, um, you know, it's, it's a, do you know what happened to him? No. So he brandished a gun on Face, FaceTime Live. Oh, yes, and, I and did And it's, it's a I big deal. So yeah. I think he was threatening somebody with a loaded gun mm-hmm. online, and it's a big problem. And so, so here's the challenge for John Morant is – uh, and it's a huge problem from the NBA is, so he is, he is the face. He is the future of the NBA. Yeah. Um, he's the most exciting player I've seen since uh, Jordan. LeBron is a greater athlete, but, but I have just not seen some such a freakish athlete like him. And he's likable. People like him. But, you know, for him, you know, and I don't know this, but, um, you know, for him, and, and it's it's a problem in the NBA, and they got to deal with it. To identify as as a young black man, oftentimes that means to be hard, mm-hmm. or to be you know d- dangerous. And so he's done this, and it's like, who are the people around you? Yeah. Like you are gambling with a billion dollars. Like he could have, you know, I mean, you know, Kobe Bryant lost. I I bet Kobe Bryant lost a half a billion dollars with with what he did with a woman in. Um, Colorado, mm-hmm. you know, he, remember, he was Sprite, mm-hmm. McDonald's, all that gone. Mm-hmm. And not that things are all about money, but it's just to say, look, we live in a culture that, that, that exemplifies hardness, muscle, gangster, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's dangerous. And so what we need to say as Christians is we need to represent peace and hope and love. But there are times where it's appropriate for John Morant to brandish a gun. And that is if he is protecting himself and or his family. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I would say, Jimmy, I want to challenge you because you said, 
I trust God's plan for protection. Well, let me tell you what God's plan for protection for you, Jimmy, if you're a husband and you have a wife and a children, God's plan for protection is you. <laughs> That's the plan. That's why God made you bigger and stronger. Um, I don't know, though. I think you could probably throw a pretty good punch. I mean, I read this question. <laughs> I don't I, know about a punch, but I read this question and I thought, and, and Jimmy, I don't mean to... Um, disagree with you or, or sound whatever, but I literally went mama bear because yeah. like, the thing that first popped in my mind when I read this question is if someone's after my kid, yeah, yeah. I'm going Tyson mm-hmm. and yeah, running amen. people over and yeah. I, it doesn't matter who That's you are. That's what I was are. saying. I, I, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, you know, I live in San Bernardino mm-hmm. and so I, I live in a, a safe neighborhood. We've never had any issues, even though the next door neighbor had a drive by and we were really mad because they just oh. moved in, whatever. Uh, the police knocked on our door. Anyway, but that's the only thing in 10 years that we've ever had an issue with and they didn't hit our house, thank God. I hear mm-hmm. gunshots all the time. But because I live in San Bernardino, mm-hmm. I've got one eye on mm-hmm. my ro- the road or if I'm walking down the street and I've got one eye on my kids and I'm ready to go toe-to-toe with somebody if anything right. were to happen. And so the plan of protection... I believe that ultimately God protects and we always pray for his protection. But if someone comes at me or for my kids, I'm going straight mama bear on somebody. I don't know. Yeah. So, so Jimmy, um, you know, and I don't know if he has kids, so I think you might think differently when you have a wife and a kid, but your job, your job as the male, um, is to protect your wife and your kids. Um, and I, you know, like I said, Donna's mama bear. That's what I'm saying. I, like, I, I, I think I think I think Devo's got pretty good backup. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. You come you come in your house and you got two yeah. We're gonna to have with. a problem. <laughs> so 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 there are there are reasons for which you know we can protect human life and we have to protect human life. And so um, you know, like for example, in the Old Testament, even though we have the commandment, "Thou shalt not kill," it's "You shall not kill." Israel fights wars, right? And they have to protect and, and they have to kill. kill. Yeah. And that's the reality. In uh, Genesis chapter nine, the Noahic covenant, specifically it states that anyone who takes a life, their life must be taken. Mm -hmm. And so that's the command is that, and that's not you, Donna, get to kill the person that took your life, but the community's responsibility is to come around and say, uh, and really the court system is twofold to make sure we got the right person because it's real easy in the heat of the moment to kill the wrong person Mm -hmm. and to assume you know, and, and America's full of that, right? You know, assuming it's a person of color, you know, it's it's a pr- particular ethnic group. Um, you know, and we so many of the slurs that we have are, are just racial, like get off scot free. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means? You're from Scotland. Yeah. You, you got no money, so there's nothing they can do to you. Mm-hmm. It's it's a racial slur, mm-hmm. um, and people just say that. Um, and I can't get offended because I'm not Scottish. I'm Irish. <laughs> but um, so, you know, th- there are reasons that where we need to do this, and so. You know, it's the government can enforce, but the government's job is to make sure that they're that beyond reasonable doubt. Yeah, and and we don't realize what that word means. It doesn't mean any doubt, but re, is it reasonable doubt? And and I, as a Christian, I would say there there needs nowadays there would need to be some sort of biological evidence, video evidence for me to just say because because cops get it wrong, mm-hmm. detectives get it wrong. Right. Um. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the John Bonet Ramsey thing that's coming out. You know, they investigated the mom and dad for 10 years and assume that they did it. And now they know the DNA under John Bonet Ramsey's fingernails is not a family member. Yeah. So they police can follow intuition and get it wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we have to understand that. So we have to be very, very careful with just saying, yeah, they should get the death penalty. Um, I, I think there needs to be for me, 
irrefutable evidence. But it, but if there is, you know, like these mass shooters, where we we know, like mm-hmm. we we got you on video, you killed nineteen people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that sh- to me should be a, like a three month court case. Mm-hmm. You know, is that you shooting? Is that you shooting? Is right. that you shooting? You're done. Like, we're good. <laughs> right. Let's move to deliberation. Uh, and a lot of Christians have a problem with that. And and again, what you're going to have in government is is, is when people lose. When, you know, so so the Black Lives Matter riot movements, you know, the 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 what do you call it when they no, not the protests, but they they break into the stores, they burn oh, the stuff. looting and the right. So, yeah. so what is that the result of? And so whether you agree with it or not, the the reason it happens is is there's a feeling in the black community that says there is no justice for us. Correct. So then they do that. So this is why everybody that's against the death penalty, here's what I want you to understand. When you deny people the right for justice. They'll take it into their own hands. Then you have a much bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes government has the difficult responsibility of, of trying to decide between two evils. Yeah. What's worse? And so, yeah, I mean, is is it terrible to to take a life? Yep. But but you know, biblically, you know, the Noahic covenant says we can. Uh sometimes historically we've gotten it wrong. We've put we've put innocent people to death. That's terrible. That's awful. But when you just say there's no death penalty, people are going to take it in their own hands. Yeah, and and we see this in the court of law with dads going after the person because you're going to spend in the state of California, you're going to spend I think it's one hundred and forty thousand dollars per inmate per year, which is four times more money than we spend on kids in education. So we spend more pe- we spend more money locking up someone forever than we do educating the next generation. Mm-hmm. There's only so many dollars. Yeah, there's only so much money. Who are you going to spend it on? And, and some people would say, well, you know, Pastor Matt, you know, I think that's terrible. A lot of things in life are. Yeah. And, and we have to decide. So, so I think the government can, 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 according to the Bible, put people to death. And you say, well, I just don't believe that as a Christian. Well, how did Jesus die? He was put to death. Yeah. Um, now he was innocent, but he was put to death. Uh, he was murdered for our transgressions. And so, uh, and a lot of early Christians were murdered. And so, uh, it doesn't make it right. It just means, look, it, it's, a, it's a part of life. And so we, we have to understand, sometimes we have to fight. And I think we live in an age now where we're pretty comfortable and we don't realize that. But um, those things could change. I mean, it changed for the Ukrainians in yeah. one weekend. <laughs> and and guess what? You know, all of a sudden, all these young men who want to play video games and play sports and you were thinking about where you're going to college. Well, yeah. now, yeah. Yeah. now, now you got to go and fight. And, and I think, you know, you don't go into, I was thinking, like, I'm not going to go into a, a fight if I had to, with the intent to kill, Mm-mm. right? Like, it's not my heart. Like I'm yeah. here to kill you. But yeah. if it came down to it, yeah. if it's your, if it's your life or my kid or mm-hmm. my husband or who met or myself, yeah. uh, then, then I, you know, I believe that there is God's provision in that. Yeah. And so Jimmy, you know, if somebody broke into my house, it's my God given responsibility, not, not to kill the person, but to, to do all that I yes. can to ensure that my wife is not murdered and my kids are not killed. And here's the thing, as a grown man, when I swing my fist and I intend to harm, there's a chance that it could kill. And right. so so I would say this to every young man, um, you know, back to the John Morant lesson, you, you are much stronger and more powerful than you know, and you got to be really careful. And if you can avoid a fight, you should. Mm-hmm. You, you should, because, um, you know, I was listening to this actor who was telling his story about how he, his God moment, he was in Venice Beach, and there was this you know, crazy homeless person. And, and this crazy homeless person um, was shaking this old lady mm. and he intervened, turned into a fist fight and he punched this homeless guy and, and the homeless guy dropped on the ground unconscious. Mm-hmm. And the cops came 
And the cop just said, he said, man, you need to start praying right now that this guy wakes up. Mm. Because if he doesn't, we're taking you to jail for murder. He was trying to be a good Samaritan. He was trying to do the right thing. And he just said he realized in that moment, he said, okay, I've got, I've got a, he said, I was unaware of how strong I was mm-hmm. and what I could do. And, um, and so, you know, and, and thank God the homeless guy woke up mm-hmm. and, you know, he has a life. He's now an actor, uh, a wonderful career. Um, but you have to be really, really careful and, and because you don't know your strength. And um, we got to be really, really careful in this. We need to value human life, but we have to value Jimmy, not just the life of the criminal, criminal, but the, the life of the people we're trying to protect. And, and again, that's what I think we've lost sight of in California is we're so concerned with the criminals that we have mm-hmm. completely forgotten the victims. Mm-hmm. So if you murder somebody, how many dollars is going to be spent on your emotional and, and well-being? We're going to send you to school. You can get your law degree. Right. What do we spend on the victim whose dad was murdered, whose wife was murdered, whose children were murdered? There's Nothing. no yeah. program for them at all. And all of the resources go into making sure that you're eating the food that you want. You, you know, you get exercise every day. You have so much light. You know, we have prisons in the state of California that they won't even let inmates in because they're, I think it's one eighth of an inch too small. We've spent millions and millions of dollars and it was just, it was a, a design flaw. And they're like, oh, it's too crowded. And we're just, we cannot get out of our own way. And so I think we need to value human life, but we need to value Jimmy victims because there's a lot of victims, mm-hmm. especially in our poor communities, mm-hmm. especially, especially what's going on. And we need to, we need to listen to that. And so, um, so if you're a young person, be really careful about what you put on the internet. You know, John Morant's a huge guy. Is he suspended indefinitely right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't even know what they're going to do. So I, they're not saying what he did on FaceTime live. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he threatened somebody or what he did. I know he's apologetic, but yeah. Uh, you know, I'm praying for him because he's such a talent, yeah. such an amazing person. But we have to realize that, um, you know, we can't threaten. We can't, I mean, right. you just can't do stuff like that. We have to be so, so careful. Yeah. On the heels of that question, there's another one from Terry Whoa. in Lake Elsinore. Um, and she's asking about uh, murder as well. And as a veteran, what's God's view on killing of innocent women and children in a war? Yeah, Terry. So I actually had a guy in our church. Uh, his name is Pete. And uh, this is probably 10 years ago maybe 15 years ago and he was in Iraq and um, he ended up, he ended up killing a kid. Hmm. And so what was happening in Iraq is um, oftentimes, and it's just war is evil and it's terrible. And so what they would do is they would take um, kids with down syndrome and they would pack them with dynamite yeah. and give them candy to walk into the local market. And, you know, cause, cause the person with down syndrome doesn't understand right. what they're doing. And then they right. would blow the down syndrome kid up and kill, you know, 10, 15 soldiers. And so things got really, really bad at first when we were in Iraq. And so they would ask people to stop. And he had a kid that was running towards him and he was yelling, stop, 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 stop. Mm -hmm. And the kid was wearing a coat and had a backpack. Yeah. And he shot the kid Mm -hmm. and he went up and it was, the kid had books and crayons and, you know, and he just, he, he, I'll never forget, we're sitting in the jacuzzi and his name is Pete. And he looked at me and he said, Pastor Matt, am I going to go to hell? Mm -hmm. And he was so traumatized by that event. And so here's what I told him. I said, Terry, I said, I said, what you did was wrong, but you were in a situation that, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you, you don't know. And um, it, 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 it traumatized him and affected him deeply. And he has PTSD because mm-hmm. of it. So he has the PTSD of watching his friends turn into goo. Mm-hmm. So when these bombs would go off in the market, like, your friends are, it's what he says, pink goo. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody turns into. Uh, there's no bodies. There's nothing left. 
And then, and then he, you know, he killed this 10 year old kid. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, the courts did a review, you know, he, he, he got in trouble, but ultimately he was exonerated because he had to make a decision mm-hmm. and people heard him say stop, but that didn't make him feel any better. And so the thing is, is, is war is awful, war is terrible and war should be avoided at all costs. But sometimes, unfortunately, it, it cannot be avoided. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're a Ukrainian, what do you do? Right. Like right. Yeah. you don't have, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, Putin had a choice, you know, and, but he made the choice. And so that's the thing is, what do we do when people come at us and you see this in the revolutionary war because uh american christians were split Mm -hmm. american pastors were split some sided with king george because the the bible says that all kings are placed in authority by god and then some pastors you know after their churches were burned down and you know uh women were raped by british soldiers they switched and they Mm -hmm. said okay we got to do this the german church struggled with the same thing with adolf hitler what what do we do with this person and um, great Christians, pacifist Christians realized they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, we should have done something here. And so um, you got to be really, really careful. You, you've got to pray through that. And here's what I would say is, Terry, is it's easy to get it wrong. You know, when I listened to um, George Bush make his appeal as to why we needed to invade Iraq, I preached the whole sermon on why he was right. Well, it turns out he was wrong. Mm. They didn't have weapons of mass destruction. Right. And a lot of young men in our church and this is not to not be unpatriotic. This is not to say I don't love America. I watched, I probably handed, I, I didn't hand, I watched flags be handed to 19, 20, 22 year old women with a baby. Yeah. Probably 20 times. It was awful. And for what? Yeah. For what? And, uh, you know, I criticize Donald Trump a lot. That's one of the things where I just wholeheartedly agree with him. He challenges all these wars we're in. He asks, what is it in, for America? And we have not had a leader, you know, since George Bush Sr. that has kept us out of these wars. And Donald Trump, like I said, I give him a lot of criticism on the show. He kept us out of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for that because I don't want my son to go over there and die right. for that stuff. And it's it's just so, it's so difficult. And you know, the racial tension between the groups, it's just, it's just, you're talking about thousands of years. You know, you think about the black, white issue in America, you know, they say it goes back to, is it six, tw- 1612? What is the, what is the date? I think it's right. Yeah. 1612. And, um, you know, I just watched, I watched watch a special on Irish slaves. The first Irish slave was brought to America by the Vikings in 798. Wow. So yeah. So you think you're bitter. I'm bitter. <laughs> you know, um, so, um, yeah. Yeah, mm. Dublin was the center of slave trade for Europe. Wow. Because the Irish were, you know, yeah. they just had right. no weapons. And so anyways, um, what was I saying? I mean, I, you, the I point know, is war is awful and you have yeah. to, you know, sometimes we're forced to choose when people make actions. I mean, I think about, you talk about revolution, I think about the civil war. Yeah. One of my favorite, um, and I'm going to get it so wrong, but one of my favorite quotes in the Lincoln Memorial is um, when you walk in there, I'm part of the wall. I don't remember where I was reading, but he said, you know, I hate that you know, so much blood is being spilled, but if every drop of blood is to pay for all the bloods mm-hmm. of the slaves that were yeah. spilled, um, then so be it, you yeah. know? And so there comes a point where sometimes war, it's inevitable. It, it's sometimes necessary. I mean, I, I think God, it, it's, hum, it's human nature, <laughs> unfortunately, that we're with Putin. He, like you said, he had a choice, Yeah. but what do the Ukrainians do? They have to fight yeah. because of his, his hate and his, um, decision. And so I think God hates war. I, you know, I, d- I don't think he wants, he doesn't want killing of innocent women and children, but mm-hmm. 
this is what happens. Yeah. And so, so Terry, I mean, you know, is it wrong? And, and soldiers that come back have to deal with that and, yeah. and we have to love them through that. And, and again, that's why, again, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross is yeah. greater than any blood that a person has shed. And so what you have to do is just say, Lord, hmm. I can't believe that that happened. I made a mistake or like with my friend, Pete, he did what he thought was right, right. and it, and he turned out to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Like he had to, he had to deal with that. Like I made a choice mm-hmm. and, and I was wrong. And so, and again, <clears throat> that's why I tend to lean towards grace towards our police officers because they are in such a mm-hmm. difficult situation. Sometimes they get it wrong. Sometimes they're bad cops, but we need good cops and we need mm-hmm. them. And, and, and you know, what's happening in our society is not like, I don't, they're, they can't get young men to be cops. And yeah. I, I I don't blame them. I'm right. like, why would you want to go do that? Because, you know, you want to go to work every day where you could make a mistake and go to jail. Mm-hmm. I'd rather flip burgers, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. I forgot onions. Right. You know, right. I'll do better next time. And so, so Terry, you know, um, and again, you know, God's going to, God's going to take every tear away. God's going to make everything right on in the new heaven and on the new earth. And we have to trust him in that. And so we just have to come and say like Pete and just say, ask God to forgive you. And and he sobbed in my jacuzzi, just yeah. sobbed. But I just said, God is good. And this is why we need Jesus because he's the right. only one that can take that away. And, um, you know, and, and my friend Pete had been to counseling and yeah. it wasn't helping. Yeah. And he just, he could not get, he could not get the young boys, that visual, yeah. his face mm-hmm. out of his mind because he shot him mm-hmm. and, and that happens. And it's, it's really, really difficult for most human beings. Of course. God did not design us to take human life. And, and even when we have to, it still affects us negatively. And so, um, it's why when they used to do shooting squads, <clears throat> you'd have 10 guns and only one bullet. So nobody knew who, who shot. So, <clears throat> Yeah. All right, let's move on. These are yeah, great, great questions, questions, you guys. Thank you for Apparently your- I'm dying. So sorry. <laughs> sorry to my okay. audience. <laughs> yeah, these are great questions. Thank you guys for taking uh the time to write us and and as we dig through these difficult topics because yeah. you know, don't murder, but um there's situations where we get put in situations. I said that there's times when we get put in situations where it might be necessary. Okay. David from Riverside. Hello, David. I was raised in a devout Christian home and went to church every week with my family. Long story short, when I was a freshman in college, I converted to Catholicism for multiple reasons. The biggest being the belief that Jesus is physically present in the Eucharist through the process of transubstantiation. I have recently left the Catholic church and have started coming to Sandals. Welcome. Currently, I'm still confused about the process of communion and how some Christians believe it's a symbol metaphor and others believe Jesus is physically present. What did the early Christians believe and how can I be sure that communion is a symbol? Yeah. So um, the symbol of really um, trans, what did you say? Transubstantiation. Transubstantiation and consubstantiation becomes an issue in the Reformation. And so really it's Martin Luther and John Calvin that really begin to bring this argument to the forefront as they try to define what is the Lord's Supper. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, um, transubstantiation and consubstantiation really is two ideas. So that one, when we take the Lord's Supper, that is the Eucharist that Catholics believe that when they are eating the cracker and when they are drinking the wine, that they are literally eating the body of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and drinking the blood. Uh, transubstantiation, the Lutheran view is that it's they're kind of the middle ground, that it's kind of Jesus and kind of not Jesus. And then there's the, uh, the symbolic um, understanding that I was raised in where it's just a symbol. And, and here's what I would say is we don't know. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think it's literally the body and blood of Jesus Christ because when he says, this is my body, yeah. he still has a body. He's not, he's, he, he didn't, didn't hand him his hand. Yeah. He yeah. didn't say bite my finger. Right. He handed them bread. And he says, so, so I think that there's a powerful case for symbolism there. Um, you know, here's, here's the case for the Catholic point of view is, is I, what we are doing somehow mm-hmm. in some way is we are interacting with Jesus. Yeah. And so, so that's where I think my view growing up was wrong. It's not just a symbol. Mm-hmm. Somehow Christ is present with us when we do that. You know, is it in the cracker? Is it in the juice? Man, he is present and it's, it's, it's powerful and it's more than a symbol. Um, so, you know, so the, uh, the Lutheran view that it, it begins as a cracker, but after it's blessed, you know, somehow it changes or whatever. The Catholic's view is it is a cracker, it is a juice, but when the priest blesses it, it becomes this. And, and what I would just say is we need to remember the Lord's Supper. We need to remember his death. We need to remember his blood that was shed for us on the cross. So theologically, um, David, here's my point of view. Where is Jesus? Mm-hmm. And this is an important theology. So the early church was divided. First, the church taught that Jesus was God and was not human. That was dismissed. Mm -hmm. Then it was taught that he was human and not God, and that was dismissed. Then, really, the doctrine of Jesus is that he is both fully man and fully God. Mm -hmm. He's not two people. Somehow, those two things in the incarnation, God brought humanity and divinity together in the person of Jesus. But here's what you need to know. Jesus still has a body. Mm-hmm. He sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. So when I'm eating the cracker, I'm am I literally eating Jesus? No, because he literally is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He is limited by the body, the physical body that he has. And some people don't realize that when you go and you look at uh, Philippians chapter 2, it says, he who was equal with God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself mm-hmm. and became a slave. Yeah. So, so, so the second person of the Trinity, God, the son for all eternity was with God forever. He emptied himself of what was divine and he took on the form of a slave. What form was that? You and me. Yeah. Yeah, People. (laughs) It was, it was a downgrade. Yeah. (laughs) And, and here's the thing many Christians miss. He did that forever. Yeah. He did that forever for us so that we could be forever with him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and and that's the, the, the beauty of it. And so, 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 so why do I lean towards symbol, symbolism? Because Jesus has a real body. He has, you know, I'm assuming he has blood. I don't know what a heavenly body has, um, but that is with him. It's not in the juice that we eat. It's on the cracker. But here's where I think Baptists are wrong. Jesus is present yeah. in a very mm-hmm. real way when we do that. And it is mystical. Yeah, It is not magical. So that's where I think the Catholic view kind of leans towards magic. And I don't mean that uh, in a, um, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, David, I'm not trying to put Catholics down. Like, so years ago we had this, this beautiful girl in our church. She was 25 years old. She died of asthma attack. Horrible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The, uh, it was, it was before smartphones mm-hmm. and the, the uh, paramedics got lost. Oh no. She died. You guys on her front porch waiting for the paramedics to find her. Um, just this beautiful girl. Well, she had given her life to Christ at Sandals, but her parents were Catholic, Roman Catholic. And so their parents were so brokenhearted, but they wanted to honor their daughter. Mm-hmm. And the priest was such a sweet Irishman uh, from San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. And he said, we can do the funeral together. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Um, so she was, the funeral was in a Catholic church, but I was allowed to preach. Can you guys believe that? The wow. Catholic priest allowed me to preach. And um, 
But I remember when it was time for the Lord's Supper, he turned to me and he said, this is the body <laughs> yeah, yeah. of the Lord Jesus Girl. Christ. Yes. And I was like, I was like, well, the Lord needs to eat because that's a little weaf. You know, <laughs> the Lord's a little skinny. So, um, you know, but it was, it was a fantastic thing. And here's what I would say, David, is mm. that priests and I disagree on what the Lord's Supper is, but we agree on the Lord's Supper is necessary. Mm-hmm. And it's something that God commanded us to do. And like Christians, right, instead of just doing it, we got to fight over what it means. And that's what we do about everything. And so what I would say is, uh, and and for those of you who haven't noticed, we're doing the Lord's Supper every week at Sandals Church. And it's something that I think that we need to start moving towards is the rhythms of the Eucharist. And it's something beautiful, um, you know, where the Catholic Church is built entirely around the Mass. I don't want to do that because I think that Preaching is something that we need. Worship is something that we need. Uh, but I think that we've missed uh, the rhythm of the Eucharist every week because the only reason we're present, the only reason we have a relationship with God is because he died for us. Yeah. And so it's a reminder in our own brokenness of, of how he was broken for us. And so for me, it's, it's mystical. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. And listen to me, David, I don't have to define it. I just have to be obedient in it. I think this question too, David, so thank you for sharing this. For me, I I did not know, I looked it up when I read it, what transubstantiation is. And um, when you grow up in church and you do uh, communion all the time, you know, mm-hmm. monthly, whatever, um, you miss some of the, the beauty and the mysticism yeah. in that. And yeah. so this made me go, wow, how beautiful. You know, I think you're you know, I would take your stance in that when Jesus did the Lord's Supper, they didn't eat of him. Yeah. He gave them a symbol. Yeah. Um, but that he is there and that this is beautiful and that this is something that he's asked us to do to remember mm-hmm. him until he comes. Um, I think that I think I love the beauty in believing that the Lord is in the middle of that. Yeah. And knowing that the Lord is in the middle of us doing this and that this is real and it's not just eat yeah. some cracker drink some juice mm-hmm. and in some and in david here's where the catholics are right and in some real way in some very real way the eucharist reminds us that christ is not just in heaven yeah he's but in he's us. in me yeah and so so, so so that's what we're failing to realize is so in jewish culture what you eat was so important mm. what you allowed into your body because right so think think about the jewish life the jewish life really centers around you know what do I put in my mouth? And then how do I how do I behave sexually with my body? That's why I get so irritated when people don't think sex matters anymore. Look, th- th- this is the this is what this is what makes Judaism so different from every other religion. You know, like the Greeks, like um at my gym, guys wear uh, shirts that say sons of Zeus. Mm-hmm. You know, Z- Zeus is like a horn dog. It's up <laughs> with everything and everyone. Um, my kids like that movie with Brad Pitt, um, Achilles. Is it Achilles? Troy. Troy yeah. Well, you know why? Do you know why uh, in Greek mythology why he cares so much about the young man? Because he's had sleeping with him. So most Greek gods had sex with men. It was the way that they operated. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, he is mad that his young uh, prototype dies because he's his lover. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Brad Pitt wasn't ready for that, I guess, when that movie was made. So they don't do that. But but the Jewish God does not have sex with us. Right. He's holy. He's separate. He's different. Mm-hmm. And so part of the Christian life is to be holy, separate, and different. And so what we put into our, our bodies matters. And so that's why we need to think about the Lord's Supper is, okay, man, God is not just in heaven, but he's in me. Mm. And, and, and this broken body and this blood has given me a personal, intimate 
real relationship. And so think about what sex is. Sex is, right, a man is inside a woman, and that's why it's sacred and holy. What is the Lord's Supper representing? Intimacy with God. He is inside me. We are one, and I am communing with him. And I'm not saying it's sex. I'm saying it's intimacy. It's intimacy. And it, and it's real. Mm-hmm. It's real. And so um, so we need to embrace that and think about that. And, and just, you know, whenever we, you know, we do the Lord's Supper, just think about that, that, that no matter what I feel, God is with me. <laughs> so good. And not only is he with me, but he's in me. He's in me. And, 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 and why is he in me? Because I've invited him. And I, I've said, right, he lives with inside me, and that's powerful and beautiful and wonderful. And he wants to be in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing yeah, to you, me. Yeah, you, Donna. And this is why I love what Pastor Fredo, I was at Hunter Park this weekend. I love when Fredo said, you are the temple. Mm-hmm. Yes. You are the holiest of holies. Right. And when we can grasp that as Christians, man, it gives us a profound humility in how we behave and how we Absolutely. act. Absolutely. I am the temple of God. So what am I letting in my body? Yeah. What am I allowing my body to see? Mm-hmm. What am I allowing my body to experience? I I am that. the holiest yeah. of holies. And that is, you know, that is profound. You know, millions of Jews every year will, will go to the, the Western wall of the temple. They can't even get in. <laughs> you are the temple. Yeah, right. And, um, you know, when if you come with me to Israel, you know, they you'll watch Jews. Some Jews will will pray at a certain spot. Um, and there's like this tunnel system that goes under the Western wall and they'll pray in this one spot. And the reason they want this one spot is because it's the closest <laughs> to the holiest of holies that they can get as a Jew. And it, man, I'm telling you, and to think as a Christian, what they're trying to get into, I already am. Lives in you. Yeah. Is, is profound. Powerful. And so we need to think about that. So, so David, so, um, man, I appreciate that you're a deep thinker. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that you take your faith seriously. Mm-hmm. I love my Catholic brothers and sisters. And uh, we have to remember we were all Catholic for a period of time. And we, want, we, we thank God for them and we appreciate them. And, um, and you know, we, we may at Sandals Church disagree on some things. But again, going back up to Joe from Clovis, we have to honor them and appreciate them and not speak badly about them, even if there are some things that has cluttered the Catholic faith over time. Uh, Tammy and I went to, uh, for our anniversary, we went to uh, the mission at San Juan Capistrano. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage you to go there and go into the chapel. There's this creepy porcelain doll (laughs) in the chapel. And and my wife is like, she's like, what is that? Like it doesn't fit. It is it. It's like this little it? girl in a in a purple robe, and I'm just like that thing has a knife and will stab you in your yeah. sleep. That's what it looks like. And here's what I told my wife. I said it's some it's some gift that some weirdo gave to the church at some point in time, and it got left there. So you want to know why these old Catholic churches are so weird? It's because they're full of weird gifts that meant a lot at some point in time in history, and they just got left. They stayed. They stayed. Uh, imagine Sandals Church. Sandals Church is 25 years. Imagine if every gift that anybody ever gave, we just left on stage. It would be cluttered, right? It would be bizarre. And and some of the gifts, to be fair, you know, are not like the porcelain doll at the at the at the inn at San Juan Capistrano, but they're you know they're worth <laughs> they're worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Given by some king or some prince or some queen, you know, these huge gifts. But it just feels so like yeah cluttered and dirty and mm. and gross and so yeah go check out that uh, creepy doll and tell me what you think <laughs> <Not going. laughs> yeah yeah tammy was like like we're in this beautiful chapel it's our anniversary it's awesome. she goes what is that <laughs> awesome. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Have you seen those weird 1950s dolls? Yes. Like they got the porcelain head. Yes. And just like, yeah. My friend ooh. posts uh, uh, on Facebook. She always posts weird creepy dolls and asks people, do they, does she think these are demonic or whatever? It's my grandmother had dolls made of my uncle and my mother. And when I was a kid, man, I no. had horrible nightmares. There were three things that terrified me in kindergarten. The doll of my mom, <laughs> the doll of my dad, and Spider-Man. Somebody oh. gave me a Spider-Man when I was four years old, and that person is responsible for half my counseling. <laughs> oh, no. I'm telling, Spider-Man was scary, man. The black, it was black sewn on eyes. I, you know who I was afraid of who? as a kid? George Michael. Yeah. Well, is that the weirdest thing? I remember yeah. like in the 80s watching music videos and being like, something's wrong with him. There was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know who scared me to death the most? Kiss. Really? Oh, yeah. man. oh man, that dude with the tongue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, these guys—they're like the worst version of a scary clown. So. Yeah, and Pet Cemetery, and oh yeah. Uh, wow, this this show's going. This is down. going down. <laughs> this way, okay. Last question. Last question. Yeah. This is a good one. All right, Christina from Bellflower. Hey, Christina. Um, there are so many different Bibles available to choose from. How do you know which Bible is best to begin with? There's KJB, CSB, NSB, NIB. I don't know. NIB is. Maybe she means NIV. And many more. I'm wondering what the differences are. Yeah. So there's tons of translations. And so here's the sad thing is, is uh, publishers like to come up with translations because they don't want to pay royalties to others. Oh. So that's why. So like in my, I just finished my book. Yay. On Monday. So what I do is I use multiple um, translations because if you use a certain percentage of one translation in your book, you have to pay a royalty. Oh, wow. But if you mix it up, you don't. So if you're wondering when you read my book, why does he keep bouncing around with all, it's because I don't want to pay a royalty to the NIV or to, I don't know if no. anybody owns the King James. Uh, the, the new King James is owned by somebody, but hmm. um, yeah. So, so there's, there's uh, what I would say is all the translations are great. I think the King James version is the least great mm -hmm. because it is, it's, it doesn't, it's not based upon the best manuscripts. So we've found more manuscripts. We have earlier manuscripts than we did several hundred years ago when they translated the King James Version. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people think the King James Version is, you know, the only authorized version. It wasn't even the most popular version. So uh, there, was a, there was a huge push in the 19th century to push uh, the Schofield Bible. Anybody that's like into the rapture, anybody that's a... Um, uh, what do you call it? into dispensationalism? So the Schofield Bible, they they worked really really hard, raised a lot of money to get those Bibles mm -hmm. into the homes of people in America, and so that's why so much of the theology. Um, so, who mm -hmm. believes that? If you saw the Jesus Revolution, I mean, that's the Schofield Bible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people that that have identified, you know, the end times in a very very specific way that mm -hmm. comes from that. But the King James Version became. Um, popular for two reasons, because it was given free to people in the West and we are very poor. So I tell people all the time, if you want to know the history of America, racist, illiterate, and poor. Mm -hmm. Those are the three things that you need to understand. So all of our kids understand the racism, but they're like, I don't understand why people didn't stand up and march. I'm like, they didn't have time to protest. Yeah, They were poor, poor. and they were going to starve. Mm -hmm. and that's why they had 12 kids get to work, sweetie, mm -hmm. right? Because they, they just, they just couldn't make it. And it was, it was, it was rough. Um, out here, but it was racist, it was poor, and it was illiterate. So the school system in America started to use the King James Bible because it was the only book people had in their homes. And so they started to use the King James Bible because if you, you know, we just think of books like, oh, just take a book home. Right. But it was the only way kids could study at home because the only book that they had in the homes. And so that's really where the popularity of the King James Version came up. I personally like the Christian Standard Bible. 
Um, I think it's fantastic. I think they do a great job. I actually didn't agree with one of the ways they translated a passage in 1 Corinthians 5.12. I wrote a note. They changed it in the updated version. So yeah, I was like, hey guys, that's, this is not what this means. Um, and so you got to know that so all translations are committee. Yeah. So they're, they're sitting in there a committee and you know, every, every translation committee has a theology. I, th- I think that's right. a challenge, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, like when the, the, the TNIV came out, you know, there was a lot of things Well, they're getting rid of, of, you know, the male pronouns, but like, for example, this verse, there's so many verses where it's really problematic. If any man would come after me, well, what about you? Yeah. Right. So it needs to be translated <laughs> if any person. Mm-hmm. So that, so there are times where we need to have a non-specific gender pronoun. It, it is, yeah, person's not a pronoun. What is person? Because he, her is a pronoun. So, but but where you may you need to make it gender neutral because the audience needs to understand that they're include they're inclusive. Yeah. And so, you know, people get really upset about that. I do think God God's pronoun should remain he because uh, not that God is a he, but because Jesus calls him Father. Right. And so people are like, why Why does God have to be a man? And I'm like, well, Jesus said. So I, I just go, yeah. I just <laughs> right. I'm like, look, man. If there's anybody who knows what God is better than me, it's Jesus. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with him, and I'm not going to fight Jesus on calling him dad. I'm just yeah, not. And right. so, um, and that's not because I think men are better. I mean, Jesus tells uh, the woman at the well that God is not a man; he's spirit. Mm-hmm. So, so God is not does not have right. genitalia. He's not human. Yeah, right. he's not a human. He is spirit, and so that's important for us to remember. But we are to um, look to him as a father because men carry. Um, a portion of, of who God is that is to be respected and revered. And that's just right. important. Women uh, carry a, a portion of who God is to be respected and revered because you have the ability to create life. Mm-hmm. Men don't have that. Right. And so we, we seem to understand that, that, that it's a beautiful thing. So I would say the Christian standard Bible, the, the version I have is the Holman standard Christian Bible. Mm-hmm. The new one is better, the CSB. And that's the one where I, I wrote the one. note and said, and you know, it's funny when you read new, uh, new Bibles, I find errors in them all the time makes me feel so good about my book um, <laughs> because there are there errors Here's all it. in my book. And, um, but you know, just, just certain things like, you know, instead of, and it'll be a N you, you just find mistakes. And I'm wondering if AI chat GPT will change that because it will be way better at catching yes, stuff. Mistakes. Than, yeah. Than, I, have a Christian than I just bought a Christian Tony Evans, Christian standard. Bible. Study I, I, so, Bible. Yeah, so I love the CSB. Yeah. Um, I would like, I would love one day to partner with CSB to write a real Bible, real Bible study, and um, That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think we could do that together. So that this is right in front of me for those who are watching. This is the um, the the Holman. Holman Christian Standard Bible. So now they just call it the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. They dropped the Holman. The whole Holman is the the publishing, but it's it's the latest manuscript evidence. What I love about it is is hmm. any. Any verse that's um, uh, challenged or has a problem, they they put they bracket it, and then they're going to tell you right below, you know, what the problem is. This is not in some manuscripts. This has been changed. Right. This could be translated this way or that way. Um, you know, they they give you the variation. So when you're in committee, uh, let's say there's ten of us and seven of us want to translate it this way, and then three don't. What they do is they tell you what the three the dissenting opinion was, and it's never like this verse is black versus this versus white. Right. It's the difference is this versus black or, or this it's dark gray. That's mm-hmm. going to be the difference in the translation. It's not like there, there's no verse. It's like says Jesus isn't the son of God. Right. So, so don't think that it's, <laughs> it's exactly what is he saying? What is the context? So the question we had earlier um, about the swords, that's one of the bracketed texts. When you read that in, mm-hmm. in the gospel of Luke, Jesus tells them to get two swords. Um, and they said, we have two. And he says, I think in the in the Brahmin Holman, it's uh, 
that is enough. Hmm. It can be translated, that is good, or, or you have done well. So they're not exactly, Jesus is affirming something. They're not exactly sure. sure how he's affirming that. And so, you know, there just are some things in the Bible. And there are some words, guys, like, uh, do you know what Noah built the ark out of? Does anybody know? Pitch, gopher. Yeah, <laughs> gopher wood. So, so what is gopher wood? I have no idea. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> wow. N- nobody knows what, what go. So, so what is gopher wood? That's literally, uh, the, the consonants are G V R goover. Nobody, <laughs> nobody knows what that is yeah. because the, he- the Hebrew the language ceased to exist in 200 AD. Oh, wow. So it just, they quit, they quit using, they started speaking Greek. So, um, it's not until really after Christians and, mm. and we start exclusively speaking Greek that the Jews are like, okay, the temple's destroyed. We've got to go back and really start Preserve working something. on the Hebrew again. Um, but you know, it's just like, like, um, are any of you guys uh, an ethnicity? I mean, I, I know you're black, but are you, anybody speak a language? No, no, we're all just <laughs> lame Americans. Well, no. <laughs> but like, a, like, a, like a lot of people, I was out to dinner last night with, uh, um, some Chinese, uh, church members and I asked them, I said, can you speak Mandarin? And they're like, oh yeah, of course. And I was like, why do you say, of course? I said, a lot of my Chinese friends can't hmm. just like a lot of second or third generation Hispanics speak yeah, zero speak Spanish, right. Spanish. And, um, and so that's what happened with you know, with the Jews is, is Hebrew was a language where, okay, yeah, you could read the scriptures, but how do you buy groceries? How do you get a job? How do you work? And so it just kind of fell out of favor. And then especially when they translated the Bible into Greek, it's called the Septuagint. They just started using it exclusively in uh, Greek. And so just so you know, um, you know, Jesus, Paul, the disciples would have been most familiar, not with the Hebrew version of the Bible. They would have been familiar with the Greek version of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And there are some differences. So, um, so th- they're all great. The translations are great. Um, I hate it when, you know, pastors, and, and I do this, I'm just as guilty as this, you know, make a big deal about the original language. Um, <laughs> and, and no pastor that you will ever meet is going to be as good as a committee of linguistic sure. scholars who have dedicated their life, not to preaching, but to understanding every nuance. They means, know the history yeah. of the word. They know all of that. And so, I, you know, I like the CSB. Um, I preach a lot in our church out of the NLT. Mm-hmm. And so the NLT is unique because they believe, um, like I do, that the early Christians did not read the scriptures. They heard them. Mm-hmm. So the Bible was not written to be read. It was written to be heard. And so I love the NLT because it it uh, communicates well to the ear. Mm-hmm. And so some people say, well, it's not literal. Well, sometimes literal is really hard to understand its meaning. Uh, it's, it's why I don't like the King James, because when you give the King James, then I have to translate the English to you. Yeah. Like you don't even know what the English right. word that right. I'm using Means. is. And so now, now that's, now I'm doing a whole nother step that I don't think needs to do, but some people are King James only. They're all about the King James and it's just their tradition. And there was a movement in the seventies when the, um, the, 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 what is it? The living Bible was translated. The amplified Bible came mm-hmm. out and the NIV came out. There was this, this like reaction, this mm-hmm. negative reaction, which is so hilarious because do you know why we have the King James Bible? Because guys like William Tyndale died, were burned at a stake so it could be translated from Latin into English. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, oh no, now it's frozen in time. I mean, we just keep, <laughs> we just keep doing this. And it's like, look, man, we need to update the language to, so that the people can understand because language is dynamic. It's always changing. It's not frozen in time. It's why when you, you're a kid and you study Shakespeare, you're like, what, wait, what, what do you say? Right. Well, because English has changed. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. These are great questions. Thank Thanks, you guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening and watching the debrief podcast with Matt Brown. We will see you next time. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown. If you enjoyed this episode, consider liking, subscribing, and sharing it with a friend. If you would like to submit a question to Pastor Matt, you can do so at move.sc slash ask. And if you would like to support the work we are doing, consider donating at donate.sc. Thank you again and have a blessed day.